five, four, three, two, one. Lift off of the Falcon 9. Hi, I'm Mark Boucher and this is the Space Cube Podcast. Our topic this week is Canada's long-term planning in the mining sector. Specifically, the ongoing consultation for the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan, which recently included a consultation session on space mining. I have two guests to discuss this topic. In the first segment, I speak with Glenn Mason, Assistant Deputy Minister, Lands and Minerals Sector from the Department of Natural Resources. In the second segment, I spoke with Michelle Ash, Chief Innovation Officer at traditional mining giant Barrick Gold. For those interested in the space industry's take on space mining, I will direct you to episode 38 from March, in which I spoke with Dale Boucher. Welcome, Glenn, to the SpaceQ podcast. Good evening. Thank you for taking the time to speak with me. So here's the thing. Uh, in Canada, there's been a lot of talk over the years by a small group of people about uh, space mining. Uh, they've gotten some traction with the traditional mining community, uh, and there seem to be a few synergies that are developing now. So... Uh, and I also know that Natural Resources Canada is now going ahead with a Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan consultation. And so our audience may not be too familiar with that. So maybe if you could start off with providing an overview of what the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan is. So I think, that, you know, in the context of a, a global economy where there's fierce competition for investment dollars, uh, our competitors, other countries, are taking their mineral resources very seriously. And in that context, Canada's mines ministers recognized the need for a visionary plan to guide the country forward. We haven't done this as a nation since the mid-1990s with the Whitehorse uh, Mining Initiative. And so the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan is intended to be uh, a generational opportunity to develop a bold new vision for the Canadian mining industry and to be a vehicle for change, uh, to position, position Canada for a long-term sustainable success within uh, this sector. Hopefully the plan will help us address challenges and take advantage of our strengths to capitalize on existing and emerging opportunities. We're already a great mining nation. It needs to also include concrete actions that governments, government, governments at all levels uh, and industry and other partners uh, will action uh, in order to achieve our vision. So our vision in a sense, uh, is, is really that Canada or Canada's mining industry is the number one destination globally for, for investment in the sector, that we have a trustworthy and respected brand around the world, the Canada brand, and that we're a leader in innovation and adoption of new technologies, and, of course, that we hold the public's trust, which is both about how we operate environmentally, but also how we uh, interact and respect the rights of Indigenous peoples. So... You said the last time was in the 90s that we did a plan. Why now? Is it because competition is, is becoming fiercer? Yes. Competition is becoming fiercer, and Canada, which has for quite some time been 
the leading mining nation, and one could say Canada and Australia are the two uh, global leading mining nations, um, we're finding that as things are turning around globally, as prices are turning around, the investment uh, in exploration, the investment in mining, the new mines coming through the, uh, the pipelines in Canada are not what we would have expected. And so in a sense, there's a concern that while there's no crisis, uh, it's it's sort of a, a perhaps a, a slow a slow spiral, a slow backing away from the uh, expertise that we and, and 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 dominant position that we once had. And so, it's in that context that we want to um, pause, take an opportunity to think strategically, collectively as a country, and position ourselves uh, to build on what is a world-class uh, sector. So a few weeks ago, there was, uh, and you're going cross-country with uh, these consultations, a few weeks ago, there was an informational session that was held in Ottawa that in part was targeting um, the space community and those that are interested in space mining. Um, what was the thinking behind including space mining into this process? That's a that's an interesting question, and of course, when we began, I don't think we had consciously um, thought about it. Uh, but you know, uh, the two sectors may seem at first glance to be incompatible, but in reality, I think that they face uh, similar challenges. Both the mining and the space sector face really long lead times to develop projects. They require large upfront capital costs, and they both operate in harsh and remote environments. An important area of focus for the CMMP, the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan, is igniting innovation. And as you know, Canada's space sector is one of the most R&D intensive sectors in our economy. So we wanted to understand how the metals and minerals industry could leverage this existing strength and apply innovation in areas that could enhance efficiency, lower costs, improve safety. Our plan is meant to be forward-looking. Uh, as Chris Liuchki, the CEO of Planetary Resources, presented at PDAC in 2016, space mining is now entering mainstream discussions. Last year, Goldman Sachs developed a note to clients about asteroid mining. That might seem a bit out there for some of your listeners, but just last week, The Economist highlighted the need for governments to pay attention to the United States and Luxembourg in the area of space mining. So developments are moving quickly to the point where Firms such as Planetary Resources and Deep Space Industries plan to launch prospecting missions into space by 2020. As a mining and spacefaring nation, we have to determine Canada's position on this issue. And so in that sense, we need to consult and we need to think consciously about how we want to move into this space as a country. So you, you mentioned it already, and I was just about to bring it up. Other countries like the U.S., Luxembourg, uh, Japan, they're moving forward with uh, regulatory reforms to help commercial entities interested in exploiting resources on the moon and asteroids. Um, with this, uh, the CMMP, is it possible that a new regulatory framework for space mining or language will be included uh, in a final uh, long-term plan? Well, if you think that our target, so we're going to be presenting a plan to ministers or a draft 
uh, conceptual plan to ministers in August at the ministers meeting in Iqaluit. Uh And then we're hoping to launch in, in early 2019. I think if you think about that time frame, you know, the, that, that would be unrealistic to think that we would get that far down um, the road in terms of thinking uh, about a new regulatory framework. But, you know, I, I do think that we can learn uh, from what other countries are doing. If you think about Luxembourg, their primary goal is to support economic development by providing legal certainty to attract investment. And they're also trying to create a brand around sustainable use of space resources. Well, I think that's actually pretty similar to our approach, to the Government of Canada's approach to resource projects, where we would argue that the environment and the economy can, should, and must go hand in hand. So. I think there is um, there's opportunity uh, to develop, but I certainly wouldn't want to overpromise by what we would deliver for early 2019. Right. So um, you had mentioned Australia previously. Uh, it's it's very interesting, uh, and I suppose somewhat timely. Uh, on July 1st, there are they are going to officially launch their new national space agency, and uh, one of the things that they've identified is. Uh, terrestrial technologies surrounding their mining, their automation of mining, uh, that might be something that, uh, that they're going to look at uh, as part of their program going forward. Uh, as one of Canada's largest competitors in the mining sector, is this a wake-up call for Canada's mining sector that we need to pay a little more attention to it? I'm tempted to say everything the Australians do is a wake-up call for Canada. Uh, but, but certainly... Certainly, um, and and you know, I, I met with uh, representatives of the of the Australian government yesterday and had a really good conversation. Heard them present at the conference this morning on on um, some of the things that they're doing, and and we can absolutely uh, learn from them. But you know, as as you know, Canada's space sector is a recognized leader in space robotics, in Earth observation, and in space science. We have leading world leading experts on on Earth observation. However, more and more com- countries are entering, competition's heating up. In terms of Australia's plans to advance mining through its space strategy, I don't know a lot about the details, but I think this is an example of why Canadians need to care, need to listen, and hopefully engage with us on the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan. As I said, the original discussion paper didn't reflect space mining as an area of focus, but we do see it as an emerging area. We need to keep an eye on. We need to be thinking forward uh, in terms of policy development um, and be open to, you know, um, doing things that might be a little bit out of the box uh, for us in terms of where we're coming from. I think there's a lot that our existing mining, uh, traditional mining sector could both contribute uh, and learn from. Uh, in terms of in terms of engaging in the conversation about uh, space mining, both our mining companies and and the space industry are looking for innovative solutions to enhance efficiency, lower costs, maximize uh, extraction processes, and so I think that there's there's a lot that we can build on. I think you know we've seen so many synergies historically between the space programs in. United States in particular, but Canada as well, in terms of technologies that get developed and then and then um, brought back into our mainstream economy, or that or, or or that go the other way. So I think that there is opportunity to leverage 
existing innovation or existing almost lines of innovative thought uh, to develop um, um, tools and approaches to space mining. And, and, and in that sort of that classic strategic sense of the American space program, by reaching, you know, for the stars, if you end up on the moon, by, by reaching for extraordinarily difficult goals, you can end up with significant advances in, uh, in technological abilities. Now, with respect to traditional mining companies, um, and I did notice that uh, there were some uh, some traditional mining companies, uh, including Barrick, who will be uh, my next guests uh, on uh, the next segment, um, participated in the uh, space mining uh, information session. Do you see... From your perspective, are you hearing that traditional mining companies are actually now paying attention to some aspects of space mining, at least from the technology side, trying to solve some of the same problems? And do you see that there might be some um, uh, collaboration going forward between these companies, traditional and space? So I would say that, that there could be. There probably should be. I haven't participated myself yet in many conversations along that line. Um, I would say the the day-to-day concerns of traditional mining companies are a little bit more mundane and are probably, um, you know, these days more involved in um, new regulations that the government might be bringing in or governments might be bringing in around environmental monitoring and that sort of thing. Uh, But, you know, absolutely. I mean, the traditional mining sector in Canada is on the cusp of, I think revolutionary change from outside the sector and from this very similar technologies that are going to be critical to space mining. And there I'm thinking about things like robotics, things like artificial intelligence and machine learning and uh, the use of energy and the use and manipulation of data and real real time, uh, the ability to make real time uh, business decisions and operational decisions using uh, big data. So I do think um, that there is going to be um, noticeable interest from some of these companies when they realize the opportunities uh, that are there. You know, an example would be a traditional firm like Caterpillar, you know, which we all think of making big, heavy bulldozers. They've been working with NASA for many years on robotics and remote operator systems in hazardous environments on Earth and in space. So I think that's an example of how Canadian firms can start to take a closer look at how our space sector uh, can uh, provide synergies uh, to further innovation within our terrestrial sector. Now, did you participate in that session a couple of weeks ago? In I did not. I have representatives there. Ah, so I, I don't know if you can answer this question or not, but um, what was the takeaway from, from that session for, for the stakeholders? Um, so from, from what uh, my team has told me, I would say, first of all, that participants noted that Canada has been relatively silent on this issue. So whereas other countries like U.S. and Luxembourg are framing the issues, the global discussions around space mining, uh, we have not. Uh, It was suggested that Canada could play a leadership role given our experience in developing international frameworks around mining and our nation's brand as an honest broker. And and Canada is a a leader, Um, you know, the towards sustainable mining standard of the Mining Association of Canada is a global sustainability brand that's being adopted um, increasingly around the the world. Uh, 
Another area of strength that was noted was Canada's financial sector. And participants talked about applying innovative measures, such as flow-through shares, to attract foreign direct investment to Canada. So there could be low-cost measures uh, around that. And, and obviously, financing is hugely important to technological uh, development. And that is an area of strength uh, in the mining sector in Canada. Uh, with uh, stock exchanges in, in, in Toronto and Vancouver. We also mentioned uh, supporting outreach and education in STEM uh, as being important for Canada as a whole, and I think, I think we would agree with that ex-ante. I mean, that is, that is something that everybody wants um, to do right across the country, and uh, we talk a lot about getting more girls into STEM. Uh, but in terms of the workforce of the future, that kind of knowledge and skill set will be important. You know, which leads to fostering inter interest in engineering and space, di uh, space um, disciplines at a younger age. And so it really speaks to, you know, school-aged children and how we educate them and how we expose them to the various uh, scientific disciplines and the career opportunities that might exist that they wouldn't otherwise uh, know about. And, and through that, hopefully promoting diversity within the workforce. Um, and, you know, the, the skill set needed for the space mining uh, uh, business will include, you know, remote operations, geoscience, artificial intelligence. Those are all, all applicable challenges for Canada's metals and metals industry today. So I think those were key takeaways uh, from that session. And going forward, would NRCAN... Um, be uh, of the mindset of putting out, I, I'm not sure, let's say some sort of RFP or some sort of uh, research that needs to be done that's related to the mineral sector, but that could be also related to the space sector. So something that would be available to uh, companies that are interested in, in space mining, is that, or is that just strictly the domain of R&D research at the, the Canadian Space Agency? Well, it's an interesting question. I uh, I think we certainly could be. I, you know, we're not at the point of having um, or being ready to propose that. But you know, one of the things that is is global in its its sort of nature and understanding is that science today has to be collaborative. Science today has to be transdisciplinary, transsectoral, transorganizational, transnational. And so uh, for us to collaborate with the NRC, for us to collaborate with um, Canadian Space Agency, for us to collaborate with uh, other research parties in the Canadian um, uh, in the Canadian economy and internationally would be something that we would be quite open to. So um, I, I, I guess my answer would be, I hope so. Uh, I hope that's the kind of thing that we'll be uh, open to going forward. Do you have any final thoughts on this uh, topic? Well, more generally, I would just invite um, your listeners, Canadians, to engage with us on the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan. There is an opportunity uh, for any Canadian, really, to go to the website, uh, minescanada.ca and send in their views. There's a, there's a discussion paper there. Uh, there's an opportunity. Every single submission will be reviewed uh, and considered as we pull together uh, you know, what will hopefully be a national vision and a national action plan 
uh, for the future of this sector, which um, is so important uh, to our economy, has been historically, and can and, and will be uh, going forward. Well, that's great. And we'll make sure that there's a link uh, when we post the, uh, the podcast uh, tomorrow so that uh, our uh, readers can uh, uh, go to and visit the website, learn more about uh, uh, the Canadian uh, Minerals and Metals Plan, and if they uh, so desire, uh, contribute to it. Uh, thank you, Glenn, for, for taking the time uh, to speak with us and, and to give us some, some insights into this very interesting topic. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the interview and thanks for your interest and uh, best of luck. When we think of mining in Canada, we don't think about space mining. Yet the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan, a long-term space plan for the mining industry, included an information session on space mining. From Barrick's perspective, are you giving much, if any, thought to space mining? Uh, so we, we are, uh, but not maybe in the context um, of us actually mining in space, you know, mining asteroids and... Um, and, and see the mathematics and even talking to companies like uh, Planetary Resources and others, um, you know, it doesn't work to mine materials in space and then bring it back to Earth, certainly in the conceivable future. But what they are focusing on, which we are very interested in, is the mining from Earth in space and then um, fueling or replenishing um, either, you know, space labs, space stations, colonies that might be on the, you know, the moon or Mars um, and or sort of, you know, effectively been a Walmart in space. Now, the, the reason we're interested in that is many of the, well, one, there's so much investment going into space at the moment from the US, from Canada, um, and not just investment in terms of dollars, though the dollars are significant, but some really talented, you know, young and maybe not so young, but, but minds are focusing on this particular topic, um, you know, for everything from space to colonisation to, to transport. Um, the reason we're interested is those very same problems that they're, they're trying to solve, like, you know, how do you remotely mine an asteroid from, um, from Earth? How do you detect what's in an asteroid and take those specific precious metals that you want um, and, you know, not all of the, the rest of the material? Um, how do you detect what you want, you know, remotely? These are all very, very similar problems to the problems that we need to solve in the mining industry. You know, so how do we mine two kilometres below the surface without people, you know, in the in the mine? They may be elsewhere. Um, you know, how do we detect mineral deposits that are covered by 300 to 500 metres of, um, you know, of rock? Um, how do we change the waste ratios in our industry? So copper, gold, et cetera, we move, you know, somewhere between six and 10 tonnes of material for every five grams of product. Um, you know, how do we change that so that we're just taking the, the mineral or the product and able to leave the rest of the waste behind or, or large amounts of the rest of the waste behind? Um, so, you know, my interest is very much in trying to uh, leverage the investment that's going into that industry um, and also 
uh, leverage some of the solutions or work with them to create some of the same solutions um, that can then fuel our industry. So there are synergies there where uh, what the research mm. that they're after is similar to the research that, that you are trying to do. And uh, between the two, um, there might be some collaboration. So with that, is uh, Barrick at this point partnering with any traditional space companies or just thinking about it at this point? Um, so we haven't got anything formal at this point, though we have done a lot of work with um, with planetary uh, resources and trying to understand. Um, we're also uh, about to join the Creative Destructions Lab, um, and they have a very specific space section um, that we're interested in. Um, you know, as you might imagine, it's uh, it's an interesting argument internally um, around you know what the value of some of these things are going to be. So uh, I, I don't want to put this in a way that that may sound wrong for my audience out there, but yeah. um, there are people uh, within the mining industry who used to, maybe still do, laugh at the idea of space mining. Is it maybe your uh, view now that we've gone beyond that because there are some technologies that are or research dollars that are going into this area that that yeah. make it less laughable um look i i, I think there's still you know uh, a element of cynicism in the mining industry um but that said i think um you know when you talk to people in the aerospace industry the the concept of mining um Asteroids. There are technologies now that are starting to um, make that more possible, and, and certainly, as I said, a lot of research and, and time being spent trying to think about that. I, I think um, where the mining industry most probably, um, rightfully, was dubious about it was when there were thoughts that the the minerals would come back to Earth and you know potentially replace the terrestrial mining industry. I, I don't think. Certainly none of the uh, mathematics that I've seen that makes sense for any of the minerals, um, you know, even the more precious ones um, at, at this point. But, you know, who knows in 100 years and in 200 years' time. Um, but I think certainly the, the technology that they're developing um, and the research dollars that are going into that technology um, and the alignment between some of that technology and some of the problems that we need to solve, um, I think you know, there's becoming a greater group of people that see that there are synergies um, between those two processes. So uh, there are efforts underway in other countries, in particular the U.S., Luxembourg, uh, Japan, uh, definitely on the uh, space policy side, uh, also on the technology side. And now, for instance, Australia is about to have its uh, space agency officially launch on July 1st. And they're looking at uh, some of the uh, their automation technology and how that might be used actually uh, in space. Um, if Canada yeah. um, doesn't participate or start laying some of the groundwork now, is it possible that we'll wind up being uh, playing catch up in the future? Or are we um, still too look, early? I think it is possible. Yeah, no, look, I, I think for sure it's possible. Um, you know, you've seen an announcement 
you know, odd as it is, but I guess this is what we're used to with Trump, um, that the US is going to invest significant funds in um, in the sort of space industry um, or more than what it has been previously. You know, I think China's said similar things, as you say, Australia now starting to look at the opposite. So what what are some of the things that they can learn from their mining industry and take to space, um, uh, which is, you know, sort of the same synergy that uh, that I've been uh, alluding to. Um, you know, so I think potentially um, if the Canadian government doesn't start looking at this as being a, a an area of focus, um, they may be left behind, yes. And um, so, but, you know, I guess it, there's many possibilities in there. So in the context of the, the Canadian Minerals and Metals Plan, um, uh, mm. is it important to uh, include at least some language in there that talks about space mining and that it should be something considered as part of a long-term plan? I, I would certainly, you know, my recommendation to the government would be that they put some language in there. I mean, I think there's certainly still a lot of work we've got to do even to our terrestrial mining industry in order to, um, you know, to, to regain its status as, as a, a leader um, worldwide and I think, uh, you know, make it much more productive and, and effective. Um, so I'm not too, sh- you know, but you, I guess you've got to think through the, the short-term, medium-term and long-term um, strategies um, because, you know, space mining still is a longer-term strategy. Um, but I think, as I said, there's a lot of synergies in the problems that they're trying to solve versus the problems that, you know, the mining industry, terrestrial mining industry is trying to solve. Um, so maybe there's a way to put some language about it into the minerals uh, plan um, and align some of the problems and some of the focus and investment in the, the problems we're trying to solve that sort of work for both the short term and the long term. Okay, uh, do you have any final thoughts on, on this topic? No, that's been, it's been a, an interesting conversation. Thank you. Well, that's a wrap on this episode of the Space Cube podcast. If you like this show, please support us on Patreon. The address is patreon.com slash We really appreciate feedback. And to help us, we ask you consider to write a review on Apple Podcasts or Google Play Music if you're so inclined. If you have any comments on this episode, you can email me at podcast at spaceq.ca or you can post them on our website at spaceq.ca where you'll find an archive of each episode if you send me a comment by email i'll write back to you as soon as i can on twitter you can follow us at canada in space and if you use facebook you can find all our articles and links to the podcast on our page the space Q. if you like the show please subscribe to us through your favorite podcast app